Welcome to the Project Fitness Podcast for fitness professionals and fitness enthusiasts who want to be better at life. Fitness is the greatest investment of anyone's life. However, it's not easily obtained, and anyone who says different is just plain wrong. Join award-winning personal trainer and strength conditioning coach Chris Fudge every Monday as he explores all aspects of fitness that can lead you to your optimal health. This podcast is brought to you by the Ready State Virtual Mobility Coach. Dr. Sturette is a movement and mobility coach for players in the NFL, MLB, NHL, and NBA, plus a doctor of physical therapy. Kelly has created a program called Virtual Mobility Coach. Every day, Virtual Mobility Coach gives you guided mobility videos. It walks you step-by-step through Kelly's proven techniques to relieve pain, improve range of motion, and improve performance. Try it completely free for two weeks, and if you decide to continue, you can get 10% off for life using the promo code PROJECT10. Okay, Hurry up. and we are back, Project Fitness Podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with my man, Gareth Nock, another fitness professional. He's the owner, the COO, founder of the Nock Academy with you and the missus, I believe, yes? That's right, yep. yeah. So 50-50, or is it like 51-49? You don't have to say on air. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say 5149, but don't let her listen to it. (laughs) (laughs) Love it, man. Love it. Uh, We're going to talk some fitness things today, some, some fitness traits some things going on in the industry. Now your background regarding group fitness and then how that varies and differs from, from, you know, one-on-one. So a lot of our listeners tend to be exercisers where they go to the gym and they lift, they have a personal trainer, they do some fitness classes. So it might be um, intriguing for them to see what goes on behind the scenes, you know, whether you're a trainer or you're running a class, but first I just want to know about this knock Academy. I know your background. We already talked before you and I met through good life fitness through TRX training. And you were just like an all-star smash guy there, just killing it year after year after year, always running you know full camps full camps winning award after award after award but now you're running the knock academy what's that about yeah so i guess uh, like a lot of people uh, big direction change the last year i think it opened up some some opportunities and it uh, i guess it opened up a lot in us personally you know a lot of people and we just you know to fulfill a passion of doing something i you know really connected back with coaching a lot in the last year and, you know, coming from a leadership role previously, and I just wanted to do something that A, removed barriers and B, leveraged where we were at and something that I believe is now a permanent in the fitness industry, which is the growth of digital. So mm-hmm. we are a fully online uh, group training. Online group training is the best way to describe it. So think of that hybrid you know, from, from coaching, you know, ones, twos, threes, uh, you know, a hybrid of kind of that and your big group fitness style classes. So, you know, we're right mm-hmm. in that midpoint. We typically serve somewhere in like the 10 to 15 range of mm-hmm. people and everything we do online, unlike your YouTube videos that, you know, are out there that you can watch is we actually deliver live coach sessions. So we have a mass, massive coaching screen in our studio and everybody that comes on the session can see us. We can see them. And yeah, we, we, that's our kind of unique thing is that everybody gets that individual coaching, which is where my speciality lies is taking that, the technical elements of personal training and one-to-one and putting that into a group of eight, a group of 10, whatever it might be. And, mm-hmm. and the skills that you need to leverage that and newly the skills you have to leverage that online. So that's kind of what we built. And there's a few other little branches of the business coming, some fitness education, which obviously, you know, I know you're really passionate about. So we're bringing that in. And then Nikki, my wife, who you mentioned, you know, my business partner as well. She also works in education. 
so just bringing all those things together and and just finding this sweet spot for you know an experience an online experience for professionals and also consumers virtual training but like live virtual training yeah. so it's not you know the you don't go to the gym to see you but yet you don't just get a program you check in once a month you're you're providing workouts live so people can interact how do they interact are you using like a zoom what do they do? They, they shoot a flare up in the sky. And if you see the flare, you're like, okay, no more burpees. It's like, it's like <laughs> Batman. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it, it's the, it truly is exactly that video based platforming. So our software that we, um, that we partner with, they uh, use, we use zoom integration. So everything's done. So you can get like those 20 squares mm-hmm. up on the screen. You can see everyone. And like I said, we blow that up really big in the studio. And then, yeah, it's live. We have 20 sessions a week that are live and coached in person. And everything from Pilates, yoga, to HIIT training, to strength training, and everything in between, basically. So it's the it's a very holistic, diverse schedule. Mm-hmm. And then we do have a, an element within the app that we have where we have a video platform. So there is a little bit of on-demand of more of the kind of what we like to call the copy-do or the group fitness style yeah. um, sessions that we do have. Yeah, and um, we have them in there because they're a bit easier to follow along, so to speak, and they're kind of like to plug the gaps in the schedule where people can't make it. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, our, our basic thing is exactly that: it's virtual. But we ask a question, or if they, you know, they need to say something rude and offensive to me, which they typically do, they come off a mute, and exactly that: no more burpees, <laughs> no more squats, whatever it is. Um, you know, they use the chat section, and we always encourage them at the beginning, and the end of the session to to come off, you know, we come out of the, out of the spotlight on the screen and encourage them just to see everyone they're working out with and interact and say hi. And, and we run community events within it too. So we have Q and A's, we do webinars, we have all these things that are kind of on our schedule, which are again, holistic. So people mm-hmm. can come and interact and learn and, you know, and do all those cool things and just get to meet people, which is you know kind of what people have been missing. Mm-hmm. Do you encourage people to bring like their partners, their friends their pals? Because I mean, you know, we got a one-on-one in a gym session is one thing. And then for like your client to show up and be like, Hey, my friend's here too. Like, that's a bit different. Can they do that on the zoom? Cause I mean, you could fill, you could fill a lot of people that way. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I might've jumped in on a couple CrossFit workouts w- with my wife during COVID because they were all done on zoom. Right. So I'd be off to the side doing my thing. And also I'm like, Oh, you're working out now. And I would just like, zoom, like pop in a little bit be like, Hey guys, I'm here. And they, they were really good with it too. You're very similar to that. eh? we um what we it's a really tricky one and and it's tricky from a from a liability standpoint and insurance and what have you so we do get the odd time where you know someone might just turn up so we've had people over the summer at the cottage so you know Mm. we have everything in an app our apps available you just get it on your wi-fi and they'll go down to the deck by the lake and they'll join in and they'll do a yoga session and then their friend from next door wants to join it and they'll come and do a little bit so we can be, you have to be very careful with it. And, you know, and- that's how is that like liability? Like at what point, I mean, like I, I never heard of a, a case going to court, someone gets sued because they were, they jumped in on someone's, you know, mm-hmm. zoom workout. I think it's just kind of, you know, I always kind of just follow up with the, with the member to say, Hey, look, it doesn't really, you know, I'm not offended by it. It's cool. It's an opportunity for us to sell what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, know that they're kind of coming in on their own part, but yeah, when, when we've had conversations with the insurance company, they're like, really, you need them signing a waiver because they're, you're technically prescribing them something to do. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's so tough, but then you also look at things like, you know, you, you can put a, a video on YouTube and just say to somebody, well, if you die doing it tough. So yeah, it's good really, luck. Uh, yeah, right. 
so it's a it's a weird place to be but we just use it as an opportunity to say hey it was great that your friend came down can you you know either put us in contact with them or forward them this here's a here's a 10 percent offer trial if they want to come and mm. do it or whatever it might be so just using it as an opportunity and we actually recently had somebody come in and do a trial and sign up and it was literally the the cottage next door to one of our members <laughs> so it, it, it's a great opportunity to grow you just got to be you know kind of careful just to say it's not like public knowledge that you can just bring anybody um but yeah it's a really good and from a business standpoint we've been talking a lot about having a family membership so anyone in the same household oh, i love in, that like, yeah getting the second membership at a discount because they're there anyway but it means mm. that they're registered we have their contact details they've signed a waiver and kind of all that stuff so it's a it's a great way to build community but you know just from anyone listening from a business standpoint there are there are definitely uh, some some things some hoops to jump through on the on the way to that I think that's very informative because I never would have thought of a liability with it being a, a virtual scenario and someone else jumps in. But yeah, you're right when you said you're prescribing or you're telling someone what to do. But then you're right, YouTube, you just get away with it. You don't you don't have to do anything. You know, I, I had a client once who came in and said, Hey, I'm gonna try a <clears throat> I'm gonna try this specific diet I saw on TikTok. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And it was identified for a special population, and she wasn't in that population. And then I said, well, it's not really, it's not really for you. You don't, you don't fall in that category. And then I said, well, what is it? What is it like? You know, what do they say? You know, protein in every meal, vegetables, minimal carbohydrates, lots of water. And I'm like, oh, so it's just like how people are supposed to eat. <laughs> like, like, that's not a diet. Like, that's just, you're, you're, someone, you're paying someone to tell you, you know, don't drink alcohol, don't have desserts that are full of sweets and stuff. And, but it's on TikTok. So it's gotta be yeah. cool. Right. Shocker. <laughs> It's a different world, man. It's a different world now. It, that reminds me of if I go back 20 years or 15, 20 years, like, how have I been in the industry? 22 years now. So if I go how, back- How to are my, you in the industry 22 years? You look 25 years old. You're like the fountain of youth over here. Youthful complexion. Oh, yeah. You got, I, you, who does your makeup for these things? <laughs> I know. It's perfect. Get my <laughs> wife to help me a bit there. Just, you know, um, I need to just cover. I need to touch up the gray and the beard there a little. You know, <laughs> so it doesn't give it away too much. Um, yeah, I remember those conversations like early on in my career and it, you know, the, the comparison of then before we had TikTok and Instagram was when a client would come in and you tell them exactly that, right? Protein in every meal, prioritize your protein, get your micronutrients in and then, you know, and then kind of make up the rest and, you know, nothing, I always say nothing's, nothing's changed in the fitness industry. It's all, we're still oh. carbs, proteins, fats, but then they'd say, oh, I was reading a magazine the other day and it said in there that I should, uh, I should prioritize protein. I was like, yeah, isn't that the conversation we had two months ago? And they're like, yeah, but it said it in a magazine. I'm like, you <laughs> bought not, five dollars. it up. <laughs> I'm like, it was true when I told you. And you're it's paying not me Gareth's money. religion. It's not like my religion says you need to do this. This is just how the human body likes to thrive. Yeah, yeah, and it's just this. It's the equivalent, right? It's the same mm. thing. Oh wow, such and such did. You know, such and such said squats are really good for me. Mm, we've been doing those for the last five years. So yeah, yeah, so true. bizarre, man. So bizarre. Your your experience lends from individual one-on-one into group with like big classes now into this virtual. How does it how does it vary? What's the, the, the difference between one-on-one versus group? Can people get the same out of it? You know, is one better than the other? What's your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. great. Uh, great question. Yes. And to, to answer your question, yes, one-to-one, I ran a few personal training businesses, um, both in the UK and in Canada. And, and group fitness was always part of it. I always saw it as a, from a business standpoint, it was always such a great tool because you could mm-hmm. leverage, you know, it was like, oh, hi everyone. You came to do my class. There's 50 people here. I'm going to sell probably at least one of these personal training, if not three or four. Mm-hmm. So it was a great opportunity. So I always do a, did a bit of both. And, you know, I had a passion for 
helping the masses as well. So yes, taught a lot of group fitness. And so I do have a very wide kind of view on things because, you know, a lot of one-to-one, probably 5,000 hours plus on the floor doing one-to-one. And then, you know, groups of 100, 150 people in one class as well. So it's, you know, really broad. And Mm -hmm. I see some similarities in it. And I also see how we can kind of cross over between the two. And that's why I think I love group training. That's why I love that sweet spot. And, you know, in in person, and you mentioned, obviously how we connected and, you know, I did many years of running a successful group training business where predominantly I was working with like tens, nines, eight, nines, tens in groups around those numbers. And I really found the ability to take everything I knew about one-to-one based training and learn how to kind of connect to that, to the, the smaller group. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was very fortunate to have a leadership role doing exactly that, educating, you know, fitness professionals. And as we mentioned, we met with Good Life and I spent a lot of great years educating other coaches on that stuff because it was really a, really a sweet spot. And I saw massive value in a being able to bring down some barriers for people, um, particularly, Mm -hmm. particularly financially, but also from a, I think a self-esteem standpoint, a lot of people aren't comfortable one-to-one and then they like to be in a group. So, you know, they're not maybe confident enough. They don't feel like they should have a trainer or be with a trainer. Or they're not fit enough to have a trainer, right? It's my favorite one. (laughs) You got to get fit to get fit. Um, and, and, And from the other side, you've got the group fitness people that just will, some people will benefit massively from generic coaching and queuing with a little bit of personalized touch mm-hmm. every now and then, but you've got 150 people. Like it's, I've taught rooms where I couldn't see the back of the room really for floods of people. So it's almost impossible at that point. And it, they needed more. A lot of those people needed more, but didn't, but, but were like, well, personal training is boring. And you know, that may have been the trainer, but it may have just been that person's personality. Mm-hmm. So where do we find that sweet spot and where the value for me was that there was this great place in the middle where I could give that group dynamic, but I could also really look in on people's technique where I had time and developed a skill set where I could almost sit back and really observe from afar those people. So obviously the benefits of personal training are huge. That individual coaching, you can be so, um, you can be so reactive when you need to be because mm-hmm. your, your person comes in and, you know, they, you've got them programmed for front squats and they come in and they're like, oh, my chest is tight and my back's a bit sore. And the last thing I want to be doing is front racking a barbell. It's so easy to react in the coaching and say, okay, cool. We can modify that. Let's, Mm -hmm. let's do this, this, and this, right. You do it in the moment. And there's so much benefit to that and so much value to that. And then I think from, you know, the, the small group is you, you have to be very, if you can be very proactive in that and really set it up well, you can have all those modifications and variations ready for your group of people, regardless of where they're at and be very planned. So that appealed to me personally, because I could be really planned and organized. And that was the skills that I really liked, enjoyed teaching was teaching people how to set themselves up for success as a coach. And that's where I saw the value. If you could get for me, right. The value and there's value in all of them, but you know, specifically for me is that was the sweet spot of that. I could really be proactive in the planning and really set these people up for success, which I never felt I could do in group fitness as much as I loved it. Mm. It was a bit more about the energy, the buzz, and, and quite honestly, a lot about the ego too, because there's nothing more fun than getting up there in front of hundreds of people doing your thing. And there's that, right? So, but I loved that, but I was like, I think I need to do more. So that's really where I found the value of it. If you can be really, really solid with your setting up and your coaching is you can give the value of 
personal training. It's watered down because I appreciate that person's probably getting five minutes of individual coaching maybe per mm-hmm. session. So let's say per hour as opposed to an hour. So it's that watered down value, but it's also the, the price point is very much in the middle. So that's where I kind of, you know, where I see massive value in it and where I think it, we miss the boat in the industry a lot if we can get, because sometimes it's like, it's like group fitness, but people are paying more money for it mm-hmm. and you know, you know, their names, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not really that, but it, it kind of bleeds into that. So it's finding that when you find a really good model, mm-hmm. I think it can bring so much value and it can serve a, serve a part of the market, not all of it, because it's not for everyone, but it definitely serves a part of the market that sometimes gets missed. Mm-hmm. I used to run, I used to run the, the T-Rex camps uh, as well. Like when T-Rex just started, just started, yeah. got, got certified, boom, I was good to go. And I'm like, okay, what's the best way to get this, get this off the ground, get this up and rolling. I'm like, hmm, who would be really good to be in this class? So in our location, I said, who is, you know, who, who's the one person that everybody loves who teaches the group classes? And I approached her and I said, hey, we're going to be doing this thing over here. <clears throat> I said, I would like to offer you a free six weeks. I would like to offer you a spot in there at no charge. I just want you to be a part of it. I want you to give me your two cents on how I'm doing. I want you to, you know, talk about in your class if you like it. And you know, if you if you don't, you can walk away. But I'd like to offer you, you know, the first the first camp for free. And she was like, Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. It's great. And she was phenomenal. It was like it was like I was I was getting free education having her because she'd walk around she'd, she'd give me good pointers do this do this do this it was awesome to to integrate different aspects of it and communicate and then you know what she'd do afterwards she'd go in to teach a class after one of ours and people were like what do you just do I just did Chris's class it was so good blah 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 so there was a lot of cross curriculum back and forth cross promotional people would be like, Hey, what else can I do besides this? I'm like, Oh, you got to go do Chantel's yoga class. So we're both fitness professionals in the same location. We're both essentially trying to get, you know, the same market, but the reality was we could work together and it was very beneficial for both of us. And that worked really well with me and her. And then over the next few months, every time I do a new one, I was just grabbing someone from another class from another class. And I found that when we worked together, it was so impactful. And I saw when other people would run camps and they wouldn't include, they wouldn't have any coordination between the other, uh, the group fitness instructors and they just wouldn't be successful. They wouldn't get the numbers. They wouldn't get the buzz. And I, I found that just like life, you know, more people involved, usually things work a little better. The cohesion is been the, that's been, you know, and as I mentioned, you know, years of being a personal trainer and teaching group fitness is you, you make a lot of friends, you make a lot of enemies too, um, when mm. you do the two things, because there's not a lot of that cohesion and there really is a divide. And actually I'm seeing it, it's changed for the better a lot, I would say. Um, and I think group training is that good kind of like, it's like the, the mediator. Um, in that, because a lot of trainers are like, oh, wow, I could get a lot of value from training six people at a time. I could make a lot of money. I could impact more people. And then they're like, oh, well, maybe group. And they start to see why things are done a certain way in group fitness. And and I think it opens up people's eyes like anything, right? When we expose ourselves to the world, we see a, a you know, a wider view of, you know, of, mm-hmm. of everything. So mm-hmm. it is so impactful. And when we can get that cohesion, it, it builds exactly like you said, we've got fitness professionals. And, you know, I was like to say there's, there's room for everybody in the sandbox, right? But you have to you have to play nice. And when you play nice, you start to realize, oh, there's a lot of opportunity here. There's a lot of these people. Oh, you're seeing a hundred members a week. Mm-hmm. 
right? You know, there's impact there. And funny enough, I did one of one of my friends um, is a good friend of mine from you know years ago, and she uh, she teaches um, she teaches yoga. And she did the same thing. She came in and she actually just came in because she wanted to come and participate. And she was like willing mm-hmm. to give me money too. And, and she did it. And then people were like, oh, wow, you, you know, you look really amazing. Like you look so much stronger and you da, 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 da. And yeah, I think she probably, I probably ended up giving me about 15 clients over the years. So it's huge. And they all came from her classes. So it is that impact. And, you know, it's like anything you're, as soon as you're, you know, the instructor's friend, suddenly you're a more credible trainer even though you were credible anyway, it's suddenly, it's more credible. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Um, the trust thing is huge and there is that huge. And I just think so many people could benefit. And it doesn't mean that, you know, you might not ever want to go in and teach a a circuit class or a cycling Mm. class. You might actually want to ever do that, but there's power in, in knowing why it's beneficial. And I actually, um, I actually spoke to someone, I actually spoke to someone on my podcast a while ago and, he was just sharing a funny story where he'd gone in the gym to teach a body pump class. And so for anyone listening, doesn't know what body pump is. It's basically a, uh, a strength, a high rep strength class that we do with barbells and weights in the studio for lots of people. That, Pretty simple. That, that, that's where I used to date. Hey, okay? yeah. <laughs> no, when I, no, when I, when I was single and uh, I was a newer trainer, I would, a- I would ask girls if they want to go to a body pump class with me, like on a date. And cause I'd done, I was a trainer. I wasn't a, a group exer, but I understood how it works. I've done classes before. So it was like a no brainer to be like, okay, we're going to do all these tempo presses, blah, blah, blah. Like you don't grab the big one because it's going to be like a three minute set. Right. So I never look like an idiot. Um, but yeah, that was, that was one of my go-tos <laughs> in the early mm-hmm. days. <laughs> and a- extra bonus tip for everyone listening, because you do like a thousand reps in an hour, you get super good pumps. So it's a great crazy pumps, crazy pumps, crazy pumps. Don't wear sleeves. Like don't even bring sleeves. Don't worry. <laughs> Rip them off. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's awesome. And I'm sure many people have done that. But uh, yeah, no, you just share. And if you program. haven't, try it. It's really good. It works. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he kind of shared a story where basically had a, you know, he spoke to one of these really nice trainers and they were like, oh, uh, you know, you're such and such, you're going to teach a class. He's like, yeah. He's like, you know, she's like, oh, you're going up there to teach everyone how to not squat. Like, ha ha, like mm. made a joke out of it, kind of passive aggressive. And, and he just said, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, he kind of joked. And he said, but you know why, right? And, and she was like, what do you mean? He's like, you know why we do that, right? Like why we do partial range squats. And, um, and, and she's like, well, no, not really. She's like, and he's like, well, let me, let me explain to you why. And, you know, she kind of went through how, you know, this is how many reps we do. This is how fast we do it. It's for safety of the masses, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, there's, there's a time and a place and your job is to leverage that market of people and teach them how to squat full depth and teach mm. them how to improve mobility and all these things you get to do. And, and anyway, he said this great conversation and he said, you know, within a few weeks of him just kind of pressing her on it, suddenly she's like outside the studio, she's paying attention, she's talking to members. And it is said, there's, there's a reason why things are done. Is it optimal? Not always but it might be optimal for that person. Yeah. You, you can right? build it, You build a case on both scenarios, right? And you know, people ask me about, you know, my thoughts, my opinions on group fitness all the time. And I say without group fitness, a lot of times the membership is going to dwindle. We're not going to have a lot of numbers and the PT actually suffers because group fitness gets people in. I imagine, I don't know the numbers. I'm going to guess it's a high percentile. of Most group fitness is female, a high percentile. Most personal training clients are female. Right. So they're, you know, they're, they're, how do they get to the gym? Oh, there's a class. Oh, my girlfriend's doing a class. You want to go to a class with me? Like, like I think of my mom and my aunts and stuff, they go and do Zoom. Like they're into that. You know what I mean? That gets them in the door. That shows them that there is, 
opportunities or possibilities for other forms of fitness as well. They never would have known that unless they, they came into the gym. So group fitness is, is so necessary and you see it, you know, with the big chain gyms, that's how they, they stay afloat, right. But the numbers of the, that come in there and it's, it's very beneficial. You said from both parties where, you know, um, a, a PT client, like we would prescribe, go to the yoga class, go to the, you want to do some cardio this weekend, go to that attack class. Right. And, and working together is so much more beneficial. I had a colleague um, years ago, nice guy, really good guy. Just, man, he, he shit the bed on this one. He made a, a whiteboard and he, and he drew on the whiteboard, half rep squat, full deep squat, and like a definition of like why it's good, why it's bad. And he was promoting, he was promoting, I don't know if he was promoting like a, a squat seminar or personal training, whatever it was, promoting something stupid. And he put it up right beside the entrance of the group fitness studio. And he was like, oh, I'm just going to sit there and try to book consults when people like enter and exit. I'm like, man, you're an idiot. Like what, like you're pretty much telling people what they're doing is wrong. Like, don't you see that's a problem? Nobody wants to hear that ever in anything, especially fitness. Cause now you're talking about someone's look, someone, someone's self, their bodies are already not feeling super confident, man. That thing flopped. He had that thing up for two days. There was like complaints made and he had to like pull it down. I'm like, I told you. Working together is much better than, than, than doing that. Yeah. And I always think as well, like I, you know, I spent many years going into a world where I'd done a little bit of PT, but for a long time in leadership, I was in group training. So people kind of, you have sometimes got that. I'm like, oh, yeah, this guy's just going to tell me about training loads of people. And he's going to talk about group fitness and blah, 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 right? And people don't always want to hear it. And, mm. and I always try to kind of get on the level and say, you need to kind of look at it a bit more macro because when you look at things like to your example of your, you know, your colleague is a partial range squat, a full range squat. What's the difference? Why, et cetera. I'm like, look at the way you train a client and think about how you would periodize their training. I'm like, is there changes in tempo? Is there changes in range? Is there based on many factors? It could be programming. Mm-hmm. It could be you know limitations. I'm like, when you look at programming, there's many of those things. There's lots of times where we do go deeper in a movement, mm-hmm. um, but there's lots of time we don't, we're not going to necessarily get, the same range in a certain movement, or we might be doing partial reps to strengthen part of that range. I'm like, you need to look at it. Like it could be part of your training and it's a safe way to execute that a safe way to execute heavy, deep back squats is probably with your trainer spotting you. Mm-hmm. Right. 100%. Yeah. So it's, it's that. And that's how I kind of tried to explain it. And then people, then people that are very scientific and like their program, they're like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Get it. Like there's a place for these. And, you know, and, and that's what it is for me. There's a place for everybody and everything mm-hmm. to some degree. There may be some things out there that are horribly unsafe, but I think they're more so. I don't think we have unsafe start methods of exercise. I think we have badly prescribed and overused or underused mm-hmm. is typically what the issue comes, right? So it's just finding a space for that. There's space for cardio, there's space for strength training, there's space for mobility work, there's mm-hmm. space for flexibility work. But you know, if all you did was stretch all the time, you're going to miss the boat somewhere, right? If all you do is heavy lifts, you're going to miss the boat somewhere. So you just got to find out where it fits. And that's where hiring a professional comes in, right? Mm -hmm. So you understand that and you get someone that can say, hey, maybe you don't want to be doing high impact hit work five days a week. Yeah. There's always going to be, there's always going to be a certain amount that everyone can tolerate, right? And when you get that, that, that big heavy power lifter who can't, you know, tie their shoes they always walk around with shoes untied and stuff they're out of breath walking upstairs like oh man what should i do for my fitness sometimes the best thing for them is you know, go do a yoga class like go do one of the flow classes and you know what do like a low impact cardio class too like you'll probably benefit from that and then you might have the chronic 
you know, um, a member who loves doing yoga, right? Smashes nine sessions a week, all those classes, hot yoga, two hour sessions, no stability, yeah. right? Is just loose as a goose and needs some, some strength. And they would benefit more from whether it's a strength-based class or one-on-one PT, right? Fitness is, it's just different. People think that there's like the one way to do everything. And I'm like, man, there's so many different ways. And there's so many um, uh, relationships you can build. We got, I got a, I got a colleague, Ellie's her name. Ellie teaches um, attack. And then she uh, is a PT as well. Super, super nice woman, like super nice woman. And what I do is I do a charity thing once a year at the club. We do for the month of December, we do uh, a food drive, right? Got bins out front and stuff like that for the whole month. And then at the end of the month, we give them, you know, to the, to the food bank. And she's like, Hey, I run this thing every year on, on new year's Eve. We do a two hour attack class. Why don't we have that as like the peak of the month? We promote it all, all month. And then all of a sudden we get a really big number of people coming to this class. We have the bins all over the place. We got like, you know, you get people can donate money and, you know, it'll just maybe help you out. And I said, that is the best idea I've heard in a long time. Right. So we did it. We did it together, you know, and uh, the running joke was like, Chris, you can't do like a two hour time. I'm like, are you, are you high? I said, I'm, I'm a trainer. Like I'm, I'm healthy. I'm fit. I can do this. So them SOBs, I was like, you better become this class too. It was great. I was able to bring, I think we had like four or five trainers. We had like front desk people. We had members who never did classes. I said, come on in here. Right. They came in a couple of trainers, like bailed. They just couldn't do it. They're like, oh, and it's funny. They're like, oh, I got this hip thing. I got this, oh, I'm in my shoulders. Yeah. I just, I was doing chest yesterday. And I'm like, you slob. <laughs> like that, that's what it is. You just, you just never did anything different than weight training. And, uh, but man, it was, it was really successful. We raised a bunch of money, tons of food, like who lost on that? Nobody. Like that was a massive win-win for our community, for our colleagues, just for our relationships. And man, like group fitness definitely has a place, special spot in my heart for sure. Used to take girls on dates there, helping the community, you know, helped my business. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Yeah. And, you know, you go back to the business thing as well, like business tip, like 101, the second that those members see you in there doing that and they're suddenly walking around the gym, they're, you're the person they feel comfortable with, you're the person they trust. And so it says a lot when we have to, and I think this this is a really interesting topic too, is there's, I find that male trainers, some female trainers, but in my experience, a lot of the male trainers are reluctant to do that type of mm-hmm. thing, right? So there's mm-hmm. a lot of ego and that vulnerability of having to go in there and maybe that group fitness member in there is just a little bit fitter than you and can do it a little bit better than you. And I think dropping that's so important when you drop that ego and the vulnerability and you go in there and be vulnerable is you're then, you're then dropping that kind of like mask and someone's going to see you. And even if they don't become your client, that person might have a question that's going to potentially save their life or, you know, it could be that drastic and maybe they'll Mm -hmm. come to you because you've been able to drop that. And I think that's where, like for me, the sweet spot of attracting, you know, many, many people into my business came from because I always, I was always able to do that. Like I didn't care. I'd go in there to a class. I'd take a class. I'd teach a class. I'd be in any kind of group environment. And it just opened up the pathways for conversations. And I just think it helped me serve more people. Mm -hmm. I think from a success standpoint, success leaves clues. When you see people, you know, uh, um, on the stage, when you see people in the class, uh, running class, when you see trainers, a lot of the more successful ones over time, you can tell that they've been vulnerable at some point. They're not perfect, right? They're not perfect. The perfect people, you don't see them there that long, 
really. You know what I mean? Like they walk, they, they walk right off the GQ cover model, right? The magazine, they're just right in the gym. They, they got like transformer abs, you know, like, like, like a 12 pack. How the hell is that? I got two six packs right now. Right. They look great, but they just, everything's perfect about them. They live a perfect, like everything's perfect at no point. They say, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm too good for that. Or no, that's not my thing. Right. But they, they just don't last. And all of a sudden, you know, like, like I, I, I did the flow classes there for a while. I'm like, why are you doing flow? I'm like, I'm tight. Well, why, why are you tight? I'm like, well, man, I lift like 500 pounds. Like you'd be tight too. <laughs> like I need to balance this out, you know, kind of thing. They're like, well, you're a trainer. I'm like, well, I'm, t- I'm a tight trainer. Yeah. Right? yeah. But people just, they're scared. People get scared to do things that work outside of their comfort zone. And, and you can't grow. You can't grow without discomfort. It's just not a, that's a life lesson. That's not just a trainer lesson. Like that does, you need the things to be uncomfortable to, to push you to go beyond, you know? Yeah. And, and this is especially when I speak to young professionals and, you know, I'm very passionate about trying to give them the, the honest, vulnerable truth about what the industry is. And, you know, that's what I was trying to say to them is you get, you know, like, you're not, if you think that things are going to go your way and that, you know, you can walk in and have, you know, your approach is going to be the best approach forevermore. I'm like, you're going to have a bad time. I'm like, cause that's not how the world works and it isn't how the industry works for sure. Right. There's so many more, um, you know, things for you to learn and avenues to look at. And it's such a wide, you know, it's, and it's just a lot of opinion and you have to wade through that. I always joke. It's the outro to our podcast is the fitness industry is 10% fact and 90% opinion. And you have to navigate that and you have to be okay with, have lots of people not agreeing with you lots of people agreeing with you like i said the facts remain we touched on that earlier right like you know what's new in what's new in nutrition nothing carbs proteins and fats but there's 90 yeah. percent of people's opinions out there too and you know fitness and movement is very similar so and you have to understand that from the start so you can walk in and be very 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 kind of objective about you know the the world of the industry and suck it all in and then you figure out your path on the way I always said that the fitness industry is a hotbed of neurosis and psychosis. Like you don't know, you don't know what's going to happen one day to the next. Right. You know, uh, I mean, you've been around for a few decades, right. You know, fat was a villain at one point. Now fat's cool. You know, everyone was doing aerobics. Like when are you doing your next marathon, you know, strength training was like for meatheads, like it, it, everything that goes in cycles, right. This goes in cycles was popular. Now won't be popular in 10 years and, and vice versa. You're yeah. seeing it. You're seeing. And here, here's an example. Here's an example. The super short shorts are back for men. They're yes. back, eh? And they're getting shorter. They're getting shorter. I, I grew up in the era like I used to run track, and we'd have to wear the short short. That was kind of like partly. Hey, here's the uniform. The short shorts. But I was a basketball player, so I'd be like, "Yo, coach, guys, wear my ball shorts." And he's like, he's like, yeah, as long as they're blue. Okay, that's fine. So like, you know, I got like the spike track shoes on, the jersey. I'm going to have shorts to my knees. This is how it was. But everyone's wearing short shorts, not me. And then, uh, but that was just a cooler thing back in the day. But, and then it's back now. It's all over my gym, right? Like sometimes you're looking at the dudes, like their shirts are so long and their shorts are so short. I'm like, it's okay, we're in underwear. Is he working out in underwear right now? You seeing that in the group fitness classes or the group fitness world? Oh, all the time. Yeah. Oh, Gareth, Gareth, how short are your shorts on right now? Uh, I, I, I actually have my superhero pajama bottoms on right now. <laughs> Complete honesty. Um, all business on top. Superhero yeah. bottoms on the bottom. Um, I'm okay with the short shorts. Yeah, I'm not. Doesn't I'm. I'm also. I also have no insecurities when it comes to my quads and my hamstrings. So I think that mm-hmm. might be some of it. I think some people are 
It's a lot of people hide in there, hiding their legs under there. 100%. I wear the short shorts now, by the way, just so you know, like <laughs> I'm just trying to keep up with the, with the younger generation, yeah. but my, my legs are so white, man. They, they, they blind people from a distance. So <laughs> get them out there, get them in the tan. But yep. yeah, you see, you see, all oh, the things you see, you know, I don't want to know the things you see in group fitness. Hmm. Um, as a lot of short shorts and, and there always has been in group fitness. Uh, and there's also, there's also a lot of times in group fitness where multiple people are lying down on the floor on their back with their legs in the air and you're not, you're walking around <laughs> and it's okay if you've got one client because you can avert your eye gaze. The yes. problem you have when you're teaching group fitness is the minute you see something you don't need to see, you turn around and there's something else you don't need to see. <laughs> <laughs> from every angle <laughs> so you're just straight up wearing like shades with your eyes closed trying to teach just a class under, eh? i'm like just don't look down don't look down <laughs> <laughs> the future of fitness i think you're living it i, I, I think i think you're in it covid really you know threw a curveball to a lot of people who work in the industry and who participate in fitness and i know from a personal training world when everything was shut down, the opportunity to do virtual. So turn your camera on, you work out, you know, now I think it's different. Like, do you work out when you do the virtual? Are you doing the moves with, with people as well? Or is it just like you're or like, how's it work for you? Cause I know right. like for, for PT, I feel guilty about this, but I literally would sit and ex- explain, go through your set. I watch the set. Okay. Take a rest hit the timer. Every now and then I do the old pan out. I say, here, watch here, go like this with your arm. It does this instead, but I don't, I never did the workouts for, for the virtual. Yeah, it's a great question. And I think that's really, really interesting for, for a consumer and professional to hear the, the kind of balance there. Because as you said, you're kind of sitting there like aimlessly on the other end of the screen. So the way we structure it is we actually have two, we have a model that incorporates two different things. So we have, because we have yoga, we have Pilates, we, mm-hmm. do, we do some short hit workouts, we do some short core workouts. We have everything from like 15 minutes to like 60. And what happens is we have what are described as training sessions. And then we have what we describe as more of a class. So like I mentioned earlier, like the copy do stuff. So mm-hmm. there are on occasions I teach from a, uh, where I'm doing 90% of it. So I do a hit session twice a week on the schedule and I'm basically in there doing, you know, it's, it's kind of like body weight with a little bit of added weight. So I might be doing like squat presses and burpees and, running and whatever it might be like on the spot, whatever you think of all the, you know, hideous cardio moves that, you know, and <laughs> it karaoke is my favorite. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that little. <laughs> That's it. So I'm doing that stuff some of the time. However, I'm also very smart to know that at 40, that there's only a certain amount of that I want to be doing and I space it out. So it's the schedule is people say, how do you work out the schedule? I'm like, well, I look at what I need to be doing and I'm like, all right, I do a Tuesday and a Saturday. So I've got, the best recovery possible between the two sessions. So I'm not mm-hmm. doing that. And I always tell people say, Oh, can we get more hit sessions on the schedule? I'm like, no, because I don't want you doing that more than twice a week. You don't need yeah. to be doing that more than twice a week. Yeah. So, you know, 20, it's basically, it's kind of warm up. You got about 20 minutes of high intensity intervals and then we're done. That's all you need that twice a week. So yes, I do do some of it. When we do our training sessions, that's where we're both me and Nikki are leveraging our backgrounds in personal training and we're physically coaching it. So it's a bit more, I like to say, I probably get, I'm like the, I'm like the three reps and done. I'm like, okay, this is your first exercise. One, two, three, you see the movement. Great. Here's move two, one, two, three. And then I'm done. And then it's me using the big screen to coach that. 
So they get the real kind of benefit. And, you know, I like to talk to when we coach things like strength and metabolic conditioning, things where we have kind of training sessions is we are giving real time feedback and coaching technique and movement based on what we see which makes it a lot different because obviously I'm jumping around and my heart rate's at 175. I'm not doing a lot of coaching because I can't really see and I'm that's why out of breath. And you you can't see heart. when your heart rate's 175 either? Okay. <laughs> I thought it was just me. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's tough, right? You can kind of, you. that's where you leverage your, you leverage how it feels to coach a movement. So when I feel my form breaking down on something and it's, you know, high intensity, then I can leverage that to say, all right, if my form's going on that and my back's lifting up in a plank or I'm sagging in a push-up, I know someone else is probably doing it. I'll leverage that. Mm-hmm. When we're doing our training sessions, it's very much I'm watching and I'm like, all right, Dave, your hips are too high. Bring them down. This is how you're going to correct it. Do this. And inevitably someone else is going to pick up on that and correct too. Mm -hmm. And then there's someone else doing something else. And then you can also give lots of, you know, you can commend people on great movement and really cement those habits as well. So it's a a real blend. That was a very long-winded answer to your question. (laughs) What do you think is the, the ultimate fitness professional, someone who has all the different skills? What do you think that looks like? If someone, if you were to put someone in almost any aspect of fitness, you know, they'd be successful. What do they need to have? Well, everyone who's watching on video can see, because I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really great, it is a really great question. And and quite honestly, I think, you know, when we look at kind of, you know, both me and Nikki have worked in fitness education a lot is trying to find that and also then trying to make the, you know, the people that hire fitness professionals and, you know, understand what that looks like. I think the, the ultimate, the ultimate fitness professional has a niche but is able to use that niche to serve across many different uh, modalities, the wrong word, many different environments. So it's having that niche and knowing where you help people. So we talk a lot to how we are busy professionals that run a business with a small child. So, you know, we're busy parents and we're busy professionals and we struggle to fit our workouts in and balance our lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's who we talk to. That's our niche. It's like we we help busy people and professionals, um, you know, move more from home, right? To fit it in, to get that thirty minute workout in when they're having their lunch break or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. So I think you need to have your niche as a fitness professional. Then once you know what your niche is and you identify that, is do you have the skills to deliver that across a wide range? Because from a business standpoint, you want to be as successful as possible. If somebody comes to me and is a busy professional with young kids and they want to do one-to-one training i have the skill set not that i do it anymore but i'd have the skill set to be able to train that person if they come in and they want to work out with a group of four or five other people that are the same as them i have the skill set in delivering that if they want to come to a group fitness class i can also deliver them an experience there so i think you know and that's just from my personal view is that you get that kind of broad broad skill set and it doesn't have to you don't have to be the best group fitness instructor and the best personal trainer but like yourself you found that thing like okay how do i leverage this how do i build these skills how do i expose myself to it so i think you have to have a you have to have this makes any sense you have to have a broad appeal within your niche market Mm -hmm. it sounds like you need to be robust you need to be um you need to be adaptable in different scenarios and I think that, you know, just as you talk and you tell me what you've done, I'm like, man, that's, that sounds like it. Cause you've also, you know, taught leadership, right. Education, yeah. large group training, small group training, and then one-on-one PT. So when COVID hits, 
you can pivot, right? Your gym floods, you can take group people outside, right? You know, you want to work with specialty markets, you you can do that. And I've heard, I've never heard the way the way you said, I've always been against niches in fitness. I've always said, you know, niche market handicaps you to only one group. And when I started as a trainer, the fitness manager I had, he's like, hey, tell everyone you're special. I'm like, I don't have a special. He's like, no, because I was a strength conditioning coach before I went to commercial gyms. And I'm like, no, no, I'm, 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 I'm good with athletes. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with everyone else. Like I, I just wanted to be like, like good with as many different, if, if someone came into the gym, I wanted to be like competent to work with them. Not the best, just competent. But when you say you have your niche, people know you for something, but then you're still very pliable in all these other areas. I think that's the best way. I think that's the ultimate fitness professional to be able to do that because a scenario like what we've gone through in the last year, you know, allows you to, to swim rather than sink. Yeah. And, you know, and I think you have to, like you said, I think, you know, I have those skills across that board. However, you know, I, I'm definitely known now in the industry for that small group training experience. So it's, like you said, you kind of, you kind of channel towards one direction and it allows you to, to pull in on the others. And I think another point as well that kind of came to me after I, after I said that is that the one thing that for me makes the best rounded fitness professional is the one that can communicate the best. Mm. And, you know, within communication is also a, a view, a very wide lens on how you view the fitness world, which we already spoke about. So I think you have to be able to take that in and really widen the lens. And then you have to be able to communicate that in a way because, you know, you're in your niche and, and that's within your niche market, right? I know how to speak to busy parents that want to, that struggle to fit workouts in that don't have a two hours to do a round trip to the gym. And, you know, like, I just, I can't fit it in and, and maybe they could, maybe they couldn't, however, to remove that barrier. So I can talk to those people and communicate, but I also have members in our academy that are retired they're not busy professionals they've got they've got plenty of time <laughs> right mm-hmm. in their words they've got plenty yeah. of time to do two sessions a day but you need to be able to speak to that still and you because because otherwise you, you you so i get what you're saying you want to be able to be broad and have everyone and not not kind of you know peg yourself in too much mm-hmm. but you gotta have the communication skills to do that so i think communication is something and, and i think fitness education will start to evolve so we see a lot more certifications in communication skills yeah i agree and i mean even you see people who are always busy like in the field that they're, they're busy guess what they're they're busy doing talking they, they can hold conversations they to hold a conversation is a form of communication yeah so, so they have that one of my best friends he, i met him he was a trainer at, at the place i work at he got hired on we we, we gelled right away like a lot of similarities, like funny little dude, but he just had no personality and he just could not have a conversation with people on the floor. It was just not his skill set. So you'd, you'd see him like they'd finish a set or something like that. And then he'd like hit a stopwatch and then he'd be like, Whew. and he'd like go to talk. He'd see his lips move and then nothing would come out. And then all of a sudden he'd like look at his watch uh, 30 more seconds. Right. Like, like he just, you know, he wanted to, it's just not who he was. And you know what? That's just not a job. You need to talk to people. You need to communicate with people because you're going to spend, you know, depending on what you're running 30 minutes to 90 minutes with someone, you know, one to four times a week, you need to be able to say, Hey, did you watch that show last night? Hey, what are your kids learning in school? Hey, can you play the piano? You need to have those conversations, but if you can't communicate, man, it is, it's a long day, not going to work out. 
yeah and and just the how often have i you know my feedback to people and they're shocked they're like you know it's an instructor or a group coach personal trainer or whatever is i'm like you, you got to learn you got to learn what an open question is <laughs> to build a conversation with someone because they're they're out of breath they're working hard they've also maybe had a tough day maybe they're not ready and they'll just if you give them the opportunity to give you a one word answer they will and then you're back looking at your stopwatch again mm-hmm. so you gotta dig a little deeper you gotta use open questions and and you also often you know we go back to this again and we already spoke about it is you have to be vulnerable and you have to just kind of own who you are and you know just kind of share some stuff sometimes i just do that i'm like Oh, you know what? You know what I went through yesterday, or you know what happened yesterday? Just sharing it in the hope that someone goes, All right, this person's human, right? Mm-hmm. That creates a connection. And sometimes you do have to fill the gaps because you know they're tired or they're out of breath. And sometimes the only thing my, you know, the, the people on our sessions want to do is swear at us. Mm-hmm. So holding a conversation is <laughs> it's not always top of their priority list. So it's being able to do that, being able to fill that space with something valuable and without making it all about me, basically. Mm-hmm. I know your um I know your time is precious. You're in your you're in your Superman pants right now. So I just want to wrap this up with a couple more pieces. One is if someone's listening right now, you know, in the, on my crowd and and they're used to always doing those solo sessions or like just with a PT, you know, what would you say to them about the opportunity to do some group training? Or if they were thinking about doing maybe some group training, what would you say to them? Um I would I think a couple of things. Number one, we my belief is that we all deep down want to be part of some sort of community and group training builds that. And, and we're, you know, it's, it's literally in the, the tagline of our business. So we, we build community in what we do. And that's where I think group training really kind of comes into, like you said, holding those conversations, building those connections. We all thrive on that human connection and, and you will get that from your trainer hundred percent. And some trainers are very good at building community within their one-to-one clients, which I think is a massive, massive plus if you're a one-to-one trainer, that's what we really, really offer is that community. And with that community becomes accountability. So, and I think as well, the, the, the sweet spot is kind of a mixture of the two because then you get that accountability of showing up with your teammates and, you know, maybe coming in and doing those more, let's say more cardio style workouts, if you're doing strength workouts with your trainer or vice versa, whatever it might Mm. be. So that's why I really think that if you're in that, that mindset, it it gives you that kind of gives you that opportunity. And also it might be a, it might be a phase of your training that gives you, gives you more financial freedom too, you know, and, and, you know, it's not always the, the biggest hurdle, but it's, it's one of the hurdles that can come up and it gives you that, right? And, you know, I used to speak about this a lot with educating trainers is to say, if you've got both bits of your business running, one-to-one and group, you can say to that one-to-one client who says, oh, you know, we're about to have a baby and we're about to move house and, you know, we're da, 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 money's so great, come drop in and do, you know, do a couple of months of group-based training and then, you know, shift across, come back into that one-to-one when you're ready and it gives you a chance to kind of keep those contact points with people and still serve them. So uh, that's kind of a bit off the topic, but it, it kind of gives an idea of what I'm saying is there's always space to move in and out and have those, you know, have those opportunities. And I just think it brings a, like I said, a deeper sense of community and accountability, um, you know, where you can come in and, and, and just do something, do something different because that makes mm-hmm. it fun. That's where I've seen some of the greatest results, eh? Is the one-on-one clients who also do class, they do different group stuff as well, because one-on-one is you're going to be restricted by financial and time for that. So usually it might be two, three, maybe four times a week. But then when you also throw in, you know, some classes on top of that, let's say the average person works out three times a week, that's not 50%. 50% of 
that's not 50% of your week of exercising. Now you throw in two classes and you're doing five out of seven days. Now you're up to almost 80%, right? Well, how would your body look, feel, and respond if you exercise 80% of the days, you know, in 365 days versus, you know, um, 35, 40%? It, it, like, it's so much different, right? And so, yeah, I've just seen some of the greatest, the, some of the greatest results when people put the two and two together. Yeah. Gareth, um, if someone is uh, listening right now, and they're like, you know what? Maybe I want to try this. I want to try this Zoom stuff with the Knock Academy. Where should they go? Well, the best place to go is literally thenockacademy.com because um, you'll find out everything you need to know there. Uh, and it is so uh, we're clear because I've been dealing with this for you know my entire life. It is knock N O C K knock academy not k-n-o-c-k which gets confusing because if you type that in google you won't find me um <laughs> so yeah the knockacademy.com you'll find all of our social links in there you'll find a little welcome video so you'll get to see my face again if you're watching this um and you'll get to just kind of see what we're all about and what we do and you know it, we, we'd love to welcome anyone in to come to come give a try and if you like what you see and you like what you hear Come join us because, uh, you know, we're there and we love to welcome new people into the community and we love just to connect. So, you know, go on social media, shoot us a message, let us know you heard the episode and, you know, ask us some questions if you've got them. I'll throw that contact information in the show notes if anyone's listening right now. Man's got experience. You know, the man's got a positive, successful track record. Man is also vulnerable, but he wears the short shorts. Gareth Nock, thank you so much for coming on the Project Fitness Podcast. And I hope to see you sooner rather than later. Absolutely, man. And just a bit of gratitude for everything you do, Chris. Appreciate it. A big positive impact on the industry. And um, it's been a pleasure to chat to you. Likewise, my friend. Never stop learning because life never stops teaching. If you've learned at least one thing from this podcast and your mission is to help other people, please share this podcast with them. And a reminder, we will be releasing one episode every Monday for the entire year. So make sure to hit subscribe so you get the updated information as soon as possible. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. And thank you so much for allowing me to be part of it.